Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 275. This week, we have a wheels up landing, Karen sours on lemonade, trans kids sue, a Parkland verdict, and the SCOTUS roundtable. I'm Dave Roberts. With me, she's back, she's back, she's back for one episode. Writer, journalist, dog mom, owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. It's me. It's me. I'm back. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I, I told you before we started recording, uh, you know, my, my twin nephews turned 10 last week. And it's so funny because they're, they're completely different. One's into drama and one, one's into baseball. And they're both good at what they do. And what's really cool is they support each other. Uh, Holden helped do set stuff for Preston's play. It was, it was Willy Wonka something or other. I don't know. Um, it's like Willy Wonka Jr. And he did really good. He, he had one of the major roles in it. But Holden was out there supporting him. And uh, as we record tomorrow, uh, Holden's got, got a, uh, a baseball tournament. And Preston will be there in, the, in front of the stands cheering for him. That's cool. It is. So we've got one guy who's a budding actor and Holden, who, who's, a, who's a good little baseball player. They're super supportive of each other, though. Yeah, that's the cool thing. Yeah. That, that's really the cool thing. It's a cool thing to watch. And that's really a testament to how good uh, parents my, my, well, parent, my sister-in-law is. But no, the, the way, the, the way they were, they've been raised. It, it, it was funny when they first started playing like peewee soccer at three, four years old. We spent three, four years telling them to share, share the ball, share, and then yell at them on the field to go take the ball. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, and I also lost a bet this week. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. No, I didn't. I was kind of out of the loop on Facebook. But would you? Who'd you? Who'd you lose to? And what did you? His, lose his name is Greg Perry. Uh-huh. Uh He's a LSU alum. You know, I'm, I'm a Gator, and yes. Florida and LSU were playing in the uh, College World Series. So I called him up and said, man, you want to make a bet? He goes, what, do you want to bet a bottle of bourbon? I said, no. I'll tell you what. If Florida wins, you have to buy and wear a Florida shirt and take pictures with me. And I'll do the same if, if LSU wins. Well, LSU won. Oh. So as we record, the shirt just arrived from from uh, uh, from uh, uh, Amazon. So I bought an LSU shirt. I feel so dirty. That sucks. That really sucks. <clears throat> but one of the... <laughs> I don't say funny stories. One of the cool stories we had this week is a Delta 717 did a uh, belly flop landing. Only Dave Roberts would say that a story like this would be a um, funny story. Well, it's it's funny because everybody walked away. I understand. It's also a 717, which Delta is getting rid of. Front gear wouldn't come down. The pilot executed a perfect uh, uh, wheels up landing. The back, the back gear was working, so he was able to set down the back gear and slowly drop down, drop down the nose gear. And there's several videos of it available. But it, but it was, I mean, really good flying. Uh, incredible. Somebody, I saw the video on social media before I saw the news articles about it. And the comments were like, surely that pilot has like military experience or something. Like, it was funny. But, um... Like, if you look at the picture, you're like, how did that not cause more problems? Yeah, nobody was injured. Yeah. But you know my father works for the FAA. Yes. And you want to know what it's like growing up with a father with high expectations? When uh, Sully, or Scully, Sully uh, had the miracle on the Hudson, I said, Pop, what do you think about that? He goes, well, he's not supposed to get anybody killed. That's what he's paid for. (laughs) <laughs> damn pop yeah that's a little i mean i feel like that those expectations i mean i'm glad that his expectations are so much higher than the rest of us right but like that was i mean i remember when that happened i remember when he was on oprah it was a huge thing look when tom hanks plays you in a movie yeah i mean you you, you did something well except for philadelphia that, that guy never got to, i don't think he ever got to see it yeah. But when Tom Hanks plays you, you, you did something pretty awesome. Or horrific, for that matter. 
But yeah, but yeah, this, this guy, he's definitely a hero. This pilot did an amazing job. Yeah, it's it funny. One of one of the customers or one of the, one of the passengers said, "You know, you weren't allowed to carry anything. You, nothing goes in your hands when you hit the slides. Not your purse, not your briefcase, not your backpack. Leave everything on the on board the aircraft." Well, so I guess he had taken his wallet out so he didn't have to sit on it for the flight and stuck it in his bag. So he gets off the gets off the plane. He's got a business meeting he's late for. So he's, he's got to take an Uber because he has his phone in his pocket. Order himself an Uber with no money in his pocket, no, no materials for his meeting or anything else. He had the best excuse for being late to a meeting ever. Yeah, no kidding. I'm sorry, my plane crashed. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know how you would respond to that. You give him the business. True. I mean, true. I mean, that's even more impressive than that guy that does the the uh, wheels up commercial or whatever it is. The the one that I said was the, the the most elite commercial ever. Where it's like my my personal jet's broken down. Hey, you could fly with me. Yeah, that's it. That's it that you give that guy the business. I like, oh, man, you're you're thirty minutes late for a meeting. I'm sorry, my plane crashed. And then turn on CNN. Like, oh. Okay. Yeah, whatever you're charging me, double it. So, <clears throat> Karen has once again reared her ugly head. A kid's Shocked lemonade stand. Is that, this is in Alabama. He was trying to raise money to go to Disney World. So he put up a lemonade stand, and then he was offering to, to pay other kids to help with the lemonade stand. And somebody in that neighborhood saw a flyer that he put up and called the state labor board for child labor violations. And he was, not that it matters because, it, you know, they're kids, but he was doing it to make money to go to Disney World. Like he wanted to save his own money for a vacation. You have to sell a lot of lemonade to pay for Disney World. Sure, but I'm sure his parents were, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't going through the whole thing. But, like, his intentions were good and pure. And what we hope all children's intentions will be and, like, responsibility and hard work. Entrepreneurship. Right. The, The American dream. Work hard and make it happen. And... Aside from that, like having a lemonade stand was just a fun part of childhood. Yeah, I was a candy dealer. Nice. My my first my first business, my my older brother put me in, put my younger brother and I in. He took us to Costco with twenty bucks and we bought a bunch of candy and set up a stand in our garage. And as the as quote unquote the older kids get off the bus, because we were in, I don't know, third, fourth grade. As the middle schoolers and stuff got off the bus, we had our candy candy stands set up. These kids were saving their lunch money to come buy candy from us. And nice. the first week we paid him back and still had money to restock. But we we learned principles. One, we didn't if if I wanted a, a blow pop or whatever, I paid for it. It went into the till. And you learn how to re- to run a business and again, from being third or fourth grade, I, that that stuck with me my entire life, that experience. <clears throat> the good thing is this may create this a very young libertarian. Well, that's true, but what kind of person do you have to be? How miserable do you have to be in your own life to contact? I mean, it, also, like, the legitimacy of this, if you look at the flyer, it said, you know, there's two positions open, a smiler and a greeter. Like, right. It's... Yeah, I, I think you, you you get it right. Is you're just a miserable person. There's some kids that have a lemonade stand down down the road from me, and I'll stop every once in a while to just give them money. I don't I don't want the lemonade. I mean, unless it has sure. vodka in it, maybe, maybe a little grenadine and vodka in it, it'd be fine. But <clears throat> but yeah, it's to reward them. And there's kids across the street from them that make homemade dog treats. Now I don't think I'm going to feed my dog. Something that came from somebody else's kitchen, but maybe. Dogs eat poo, so I don't think anything I get from, from a kid uh, selling homemade true. dog treats could be that bad. Yeah, I just... And also, like, this is one of those things that 
really is just a, I guess, a societal problem across the board in today's times is like, if you really thought that it was such a bad idea or something, why not just have a conversation with the mother? Yeah. Do you really think this is a good idea? Yeah. Like if, if there was a genuine concern, um, just bring it up to her. But yeah, if you're on a busy corner and cars take that corner too fast or something like that, Hey, maybe you should move the stand back or whatever. But no, I, I see kids try, trying to, trying to make a, a couple of bucks. I'm happy for them. Right. <clears throat> I, I just don't, I, we, we've heard this story before with the kids uh, yes. down, down where you are that, that wandered off and it's like, how dare you leave a 14 year old in charge? Uh, it's called babysitting. It seems like every, well, it seems like every summer we deal with a lemonade stand um, scandal, but yeah, just children in general, like there's this, I guess this mentality that nobody wants to be a community and like have the whole, it takes a village to raise a kid anymore, but they sure as heck have an opinion about how everyone else should conduct business within their own village. You know, it's kind of ironic. Well, they don't have the courage of their convictions because they don't go to the parent and say, hey. Right. Right. I'm just glad the police didn't show up, knock knock down the... uh, the stand, take the kid to juvenile hall and charge the parents with neglect. Oh. I mean, at least it was Alabama. If, if it was in New York somewhere, that yeah. maybe would have happened. Yeah, that's the only saving grace, I guess, which is probably the only time people will be like, well, it's a good thing you live in Alabama. <laughs> like- <laughs> the only time everybody said that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never oh. for, boy, those tornadoes. Good right. thing you live in Alabama. Oh, gosh, Alabama. Well, you heard the state capitol over there get hit by a tornado. When? It uh, did like dozens of dollars worth of damage. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was like, I did not hear that news, but... <laughs> you missed this. You did. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you was just, just like, listening to me for an hour, just groans like, oh, God. What the hell's wrong no, with you? No, Sometimes I cringe, like when you say, listen to this funny story, but... <laughs> well, this is not so funny. We got four Georgia families uh, suing the state in federal court to stop a law that bans transgender youth from receiving hormone therapy. Well, you knew this was coming. We did. We I mean, had to know, like, had to know this was coming. Um, I I find it interesting that. So it's four families, and they were allowed to sue anonymously to guard against retaliation and um, ugliness. And, 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 and that much I get. Eh. I mean, yeah. Well, but- I, I don't. I don't mean the parents so much as protecting the, the the minor children not using their names. I mean, to an extent, but like we don't protect minors in divorce proceedings, which are open records and you know all available public record we don't protect them hardly in child custody things like you want to challenge the government then the stand up and be a man i mean whatever yeah I don't know. you know <clears throat> i don't think the law is bad i don't think the mm-hmm. idea is bad I think, and I think I've said before, that this should be coming down from the AMA as a rule, that this is not what we do. You know, lawmakers aren't qualified to decide what, what drugs uh, which children sh- should receive. Well, I thought it was interesting, too, that um, in one of the articles it said that 20 states have passed this type of legislation in some different capacity and seven have been banned under or blocked under lawsuits. And then of course, Georgia's is pending and then Montana is pending too. So for a total, like, let's just say nine, I'm wondering what's going on with the other 11 states that has not drawn a lawsuit. Like how did they, how did they manage that? How'd they word it? Yeah. Or was that- it, is it not? I mean, usually Georgia and Florida are among the stricter 
things when we have stuff like this, but you never know. Again, I don't, I don't think the intent of the law is bad. If they find one provision in there, all they have to do is go back in and change it next session. It'll fly through again. It'll get signed by the governor again. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> I, I do wholeheartedly believe, and of course, you know, I, get, I have a Parker's brother medical diploma. Uh, I do believe that pu- puberty blockers are harmful to most, most kids. Um, taking massive amounts of hormones to uh, to add a bunch of testosterone to 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 a, to a girl or a lot of uh, uh, whatever it is y'all have can't even speak tonight after 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 eating Mexican and going into a play. Nice. Yeah, I know. I know. I have such a hard life, right? I had to eat Mexican, and go to a play, but enjoy the arts. Enjoy the arts. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I don't I don't think it's good for kids. I think you, of I think not. you need to let them grow up and let let them as adults decide. Hey, listen, I want to I want to chop this off, flatten that, and turn this inside out. And as an adult, that's what you decide to do. Fine. You know, well, I'll call I'll call Tanya Tom. Whatever, I don't care. Yeah, I don't. I mean. I don't know where, you know, we keep we keep moving towards initiatives, it seems like, where there is no middle ground, right? I mean, I I agree with what you've said, and I, I don't agree with allowing children to take any of these things, whether they want to or they think they want to or their parents want them to. I mean, I, we talked about this pending legislation before. Like during session when I was still doing the show regularly and about my opinion hasn't changed on that, but like, I don't know, like, are we just going to keep having this thing where some states allow like all these extreme things or what one side views as extreme things and then all the other states are going to have everything that's the opposite? Or is that where we're headed? Because the trans arguments seem to be a hundred percent or nothing like you either the the argument is that you either support this extreme thing regarding children or you hate the lgbtq community as a whole like that's that's it that's all we have yeah <clears throat> you either you either think that drag queens should be giving lap dances to 4 year olds or you hate all drag queens it's a yeah. joke I've made made with you for years. If you do if you do a, a a story about a police officer who did something wrong, why do you hate cops? And that that's satire, but that's that's where we are. Well, and the thing that sucks about having limited information and and you know with the lawsuits and and doing when they do like injunction based um, lawsuits that are again limited with information is. What is the standing of these four families? Like, are they mid? Are they mid process? That, that is a good question. Is this is this something that's been has been going on, or is it four activist families that say I should be able to, or they are planning to, or whatever the case may be? Um, I don't know. It's it's fascinating to me that part. I don't know. But we are seeing that. We're seeing that with the great migration from California, from New York, down to Florida, Tennessee, somewhat Georgia. You know, we're, we're seeing that where tax structures are so completely different in, in these other other areas. People are leaving L.A. Saw a uh, story that L.A. was putting uh, uh, restrict, environmental restrictions on, on fireworks for Fourth of July. Oh Saying you have to use biodegradable plastic and all this stuff, but oh it's okay gosh. to take a dump on the street and leave your needles around. Right, that's not environmentally pro- that's not that's not problematic at all. But the fireworks show that happens once a year is causing the ocean so much so much damage that they've got to change regulations and require more permits and all sorts of stuff. But but that, but that goes back to what we're saying is 
we all share the ocean. We all we all want clean water. But you but every state states, I mean, ideally do have sovereignty. We're seeing less and less of that, but the state should have sovereignty, and that's the way the state wants to operate. With the exception of interstate trade, federal government stay out. I don't know. We're just it seems like we're headed down this path. I mean, it, it's not happened on a lot of issues, but it it's and like I think we all joke. We're like, oh well, just let it happen. Like do whatever you want in your state. I don't care. But like, it's it's not real. It's it's I don't know. The, the, well, especially the when, you, in- when you when you interstate travel, yeah. Especially like as a gun owner, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna, I very rarely drive through five states. If I were gonna drive through five states, I've got to check the individual carry laws in each one of them. See which ones offer reciprocity, which ones don't. Uh, do, before crossing this state line, I need to get out, take take the, take the gun apart, and put it in a locked case, and and that kind of stuff. All for just traveling through a state. So yeah, I, I, I get I get what you're saying. I just don't know how we're going to fix that. I don't know. Maybe not in our lifetime. It'll 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 either take something extreme. Even even after nine eleven, as extreme as that was, that that unity didn't last all that damn long. No, well, that's very true. I mean, look at the I mean, Dixie on, chicks. Yeah, I mean, look on, on September twelfth, we were all Americans, mm-hmm. and didn't take long before those start cracks of division start start coming up. Uh, I think it was Richard Gere that got booed off the stage for saying that I know we're angry right now, but we need to turn to love and, and got booed. I think, I think it was Richard Gere. I'm going, I'm going off of 20 year old memory. That sounds right. So a Florida jury has reached a verdict in the Scott Peterson, not that Scott Peterson, different one. This was the, uh, the resource officer, the SRO at Parkland. And he was hit with several counts of, uh, I think it was seven, of felony child neglect for not running towards the sound of gunfire. And so he gets to keep his pension, which is $100,000 a year. And obviously he's not going to prison. Right. Now, he I've, was also I've heard, charged with perjury. He was also charged with perjury, yeah. And, and and I watched the verdicts being read, and and this 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 veteran of law enforcement, who's now, who's now sixty, I guess he was fifty five when this happened, broke down and cried at at the defense table. And yes, I probably would too if I, if I was facing the rest of my life, the, the functional rest of my life in prison. Mm-hmm. He, he said that he couldn't tell where the shots were coming from because the echoes. I also don't know how well armed he was or or if he had even had a vest on. Can you can, can you punish him any more than he probably punishes himself every day? Um, I'm not sure, but I mean, I do think he's a coward. Oh yeah. Should he be in law enforcement? No. Yeah. I guarantee you this this was his his ride out law enforcement time was I'm going to go be at this quiet high school. I'm going to say hi to the kids. I'm going to do my last couple years in law enforcement and retire. Right. No, you 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 do what you have to do. But it was it was the the problem I have with, with singling him out is it was systematic within the Broward County Sheriff's Office. Well, that's true. But you know, you I agree with that. It, they did, but you know, wasn't Parkland the one where um, all the bad publicity came out because state high courts ruled that you have no obligation to respond. Yes. So, I mean, the civil stuff that preceded all of this kind of, well, it's interesting that this came about when all the civil stuff had already happened because... You have, if you have no duty to respond, then how do you neglect a child? And I understand that there's a difference between criminal code and civil statutes, but still, that doesn't make sense. 
I have a problem with what he did. I also have a problem with holding him criminally liable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, he's not. He was not enlisted in the army. He was being told to charge a machine gun nest and given an order. Uh, we, we don't. We don't hold our law enforcement to, to that standard. But I do know there were parents outside that said, "Give me a gun. I'll go in myself." Because the Broward County Sheriff's Department was was sitting outside, waiting, 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 waiting. I don't know what they were, were waiting on intel or waiting for SWAT or waiting for for whoever. And then you have the speaking of trans, the trans girl or guy, whatever it was, and I can't remember what state it was in, where she got smoked. The officers found out where she was and smoked her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and she's sitting there with with a I believe with an AR. And they went in and, and uh, made a mess out of her. And who knows how many kids they saved. Because they went running towards the gunfire. And if you've ever seen the, the video of it, there's, there are a couple of compilation videos of the of body cam and, uh, and the surveillance video from inside the halls and stuff. And it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Right. And I wonder how much of this c- comes into their minds. Not not the criminal part of it, but seeing what inaction does. Do you really have time to think in times like those? I mean, I think when you... Well, I, well, I, I should rephrase that. And it's, I guess then it's not really a question, but... I feel think, like when you, when you choose to act, you don't really think before you act... When you choose to do nothing, like that is a deliberate choice, and this guy chose to do nothing. When you act, uh, you've been in a car accident? Yes. You know how everything slows down? Yes. That's what happens. Even in sports, we, we say that is uh, the game slows down for somebody, which means you know they're able to see everything in front of them. Uh, things slow down, and, and yes, you, you, you think and you make judgment calls. Even down to do I do I pull the trigger here or not? And we're supposed to be training our law enforcement to to, to whether it's on the old fats machine or even with the, the video stuff they have of how to make those decisions right now, bang bang so to speak. I would love to hear from the jurors on this. Well, they got the, they got the speech. Uh, I haven't heard anything from the jurors yet. But they get the speech that normally a judge gives to the jury. Uh, you are not obligated to speak to anyone, but you are free to speak to anyone. Right. Uh, I, I, There'll definitely be some who will speak. Yeah, they'll, they'll get they'll get the right check. Yeah. And look, it, it, was, it was unanimous on all counts. There was no there was no negotiated verdict here where they come. We have to find them guilty of something, so we're going to throw a misdemeanor at them or something like that. You know, it's obvious that the case the the case was not made by the state. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a good time to remind you these are our opinions, not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other stories in other episodes, relevant stories over the GeorgiaVirtue.com. By two seventy five, you think I would have it done? All right, That's I got it. the mule. Wisconsin State Senator LaToya Johnson says F the suburbs in a speech from the floor. It's not very nice. It would be nice sometimes when some of these policies are made. If some of the people that were being directly impacted were being brought to the table. Because to say that these additional police are needed because... Crime is spilling out into the suburbs. What about these babies who are being lost right in their own cities? The suburbs. Because they don't know a thing about how life is in the city. She's a piece of work, man. Uh, this is this was all centered around uh Police funding. Shocking. Right. Uh, she went on to say, uh, we talked about people in the suburbs, they don't know a GD thing. 
about what it's like to live in the city. Now, I actually do live in the suburbs, and I did live in the city. You live in the country, and you lived in the city. Correct. And the suburbs. And the burbs. Yeah, you grew you grew up in the suburbs, so you've you've lived you've lived just about every region you you can in Georgia, farmland, city, and suburb. Yes. The only thing you didn't do was marry your cousin and move up to to uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Yes, David Ralston, rip. <laughs> no, so yeah, she. You know, I know she's the mule for like the actual content of what she said, but. It, this is another one of those instances of the lack of decorum. Like, of course, you have your First Amendment rights. And yes, I, I appreciate colorful language and everything. But I feel like it was improperly used. It wasn't used as an adjective. It was used as a verb. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a big, <clears throat> big difference. Yeah. Besides, besides saying this is an effing problem, F that guy. Which, right. I, trust me, I, I use the F word in... Both instances, because I'm an army veteran who works as a contractor. I can use that. I use the F word like a comma, as you know from talking to me offline. But it's it's also decorum. I, I don't I don't go into into any of my meetings and start dropping f bombs. You know whether it's whether it's a government meeting or chamber of commerce or whatever. Yeah, I, I think what she said is atrocious, but I think that the way she did it was just like it's just class classless. Yeah, she is absolutely classless. It, it's I and I don't even understand the the point she was making. The point was that the 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 crime's not being taken care of in the city and it's spilling over into the suburbs. Well, F the suburbs. What about the children down the street or the babies down the street? Well, we, those aren't those two things aren't mutually exclusive. We don't would like you the want it to be, be good for everybody? Of. Yeah. Don't you want it to be a don't you want Mil- Milwaukee everywhere to be great? I still think of Laverne and Shirley with Milwaukee. Yeah. Like <laughs> two single chicks and just walk down the street freely in Milwaukee. I wouldn't do that right now. Well, but now there's now there's a cancel um, culture though on her. Which should she resign because of what she said? No, I mean that's stupid too. No, I don't even think a censure is is appropriate. Uh, she was she wasn't she really wasn't speaking to the people in the suburbs. She was speaking to her constituents because that is what these politicians do. Well, and she was speaking to them with no real purpose or, like, end game other than to incite, you know? A very good point. Because, yeah, it, it, it's not like she came up with a plan that says, hey, listen, this is how we're going to address it. No. There was no call to action. Yeah, it's, it's, she wanted to raise hell and she did. And now she can go back to her district and let everybody pat her on the back and tell her how strong and and brave she is. No, that's not strong or brave. That's just being a brat. And it's a Republican-controlled uh, uh, legislature in Wisconsin. So she was already, whatever she got, her two minutes or five minutes or whatever to speak from the well, that... If honestly, had she not dropped the f bomb, half the senators in that in that chamber probably would have been heard what she said. They're off doing their own thing while she do, while she makes her speech. Yeah, there's a lot of multitasking going on. Multitasking, my ass. Ninety percent of the stuff they do down there, unless they're being told to come and vote, they're they're playing. I don't, I don't know, uh, golf on their phone or over off in a corner talking about that's legislation they want to bring up or whatever. And that's not just that's not that's not state houses either. You see it you see it in, in Congress where someone will be giving a speech from the floor and everybody else is just just milling about. So SCOTUS dropped some cases this this last week. They were busy. They were. They were. First we get the smackdown on affirmative action. 
It blows my mind that it took this long. 50 years? Yeah. 50 damn years. Uh, I saw Mike Pence talking about it. Say oh, maybe, he's a great spokesperson. Yeah, I know. You want know, to talk about whiter than white? I mean, Milk looks at him and goes, damn, he's white. Mm-hmm. Uh, but say that maybe it was necessary 50 years ago. No, 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 no. The Constitution does not change based on time. It can only be changed by amending it. This is so, true. So somebody who said he was doing his constitutional duty when when uh, when he was certifying the election results, which is true, he was, obviously doesn't understand constitutional law. And neither do three of the of the uh, nine justices. Well, and I thought it was interesting that Sotomayor said that it rolls back decades of precedent and progress when, um, which I'm not, I think sometimes precedent and progress are conflicting, but I, I think it's funny that she relied on the precedent when like, there's been so many conservative things that have been precedent and they're like, it doesn't matter if that's how we've always done it or that's how we've done it for the, it was the wrong decision initially. Like, it's just another example of it works for her narrative in this time. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. That's, that's why these things break along ideological lines. I won't say party lines because really they're, they're, not, they're not party appointees. I understand they're, they're appointed by and confirmed by party electric, uh, electricians, <laughs> by elected officials. But look, if the Constitution says that you have to have the 14th Amendment, equal protection, Period. Now, look, I, I also believe if Harvard, who's it's Harvard and in, in, uh, in, uh, North Carolina. If Harvard wants to go completely private and by private, I mean, no government funding, just like Hillsdale does. Go for it. Admit whoever you want, for whatever reason you want. You're a private institution. The government has no has no place telling you who to, to admit, who not to. But they don't. They like those government-backed loans. They like those government grants, which Harvard is sitting on so much money. I have no idea why anybody thinks they need government grants. Yeah. Well, isn't it pretty much one of those places where you have to, like, give back when you're an alum? Oh, yeah. Plus, I mean, it, it, this addressed a little bit of the legacy stuff. Um. A little bit of the big donors that big donors can buy their kids into college, which is true. I mean, look, I, I if you buy a building for a university, you probably get your kid in. But this yeah. was this was really on behalf of not of not of white students, but of Asian students. I was about to say it wasn't. It was minority challenging minority policies. Basically, it was not. So it's funny that they say that it's an attack on like racial stereotyping or the crackdown on racial stereotyping. And I don't know. I I just. Yeah, look, I wonder how many Americans don't even know that it was brought about by Asian students or prospective Asian students. A lot. A lot. Because there are a lot of people on TV, like The View, who are saying this is a return to Jim Crow. This is the same as not letting uh, black folks into the to the front of a restaurant or the front of a store or said to let them sit at a lunch counter. But you know what? The irony of that is that in those situations, a person is actually equal. In this situation, they're saying that, like, I've never understood why... People want to be pro affirmative action because you're literally saying that you need an extra boost with your race because you're you can't cut it otherwise. Yeah, and look, this is the best argument for school choice. 
if your kids are in failing schools and you want to get them into better schools to get them into to better colleges, you should have the ability to do that. It also feeds into my argument of getting rid of public schools and going with a voucher system and let private institutions attract students that uh, that best meet their criteria or best meet their values. And parents are the same thing. They can pick schools that best meet their kids' values. Yeah. But comparing this to, to Jim Crow, comparing this to slavery, comparing this to, to the first... 150 years of this country is is discounting the suffering that people actually went through. Well, just the the terminal or the verbiage that's being used to describe this, like a tragedy for all of us, devastating, profoundly wrong. I mean, well, they talk about how is this a tragedy? Yeah, to the term of diversity in, in higher education, why not diversity of thought? Because there doesn't seem to be a whole hell of a lot of diversity of thought amongst the 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 professors. Overwhelmingly liberal. Isn't that isn't Harvard where Lori Lightfoot is foot is now? I think so. And you've got was it George Washington University that's got Stacey Abrams? There are a lot of rejected politicians from the, from the left that end up in academia. Hillary Clinton is, I can't remember what university she's at. I don't know if it's NYU or she's at Harvard or what she's where she, she is, but she's teaching a class there. Because that, that's what happens. When, when you fail in the arena of ideas, you go into academia and you try to recruit the next batch. And then Biden, he had a real... Um Real profound statement, which was discrimination still exists in America. Today's decision does not change that. Um, no, he's right. He's right. He's right. Because if you're a white crackhead and you lie in your 4473 when, when, when you buy a gun and then throw it into a dumpster uh, and then deny your child the right to use your own name, uh, you can get away with that. So yeah, he's right. There, there's, there's a, there's a two-tiered level of uh, of justice in this country. He should probably be quiet about that. And did you see what when they asked him about this being a rogue court? What he said? Yeah, yeah. What he say it was. Uh, this is not a normal one. This is not a normal one. Explain to me what a normal one is. He did stop short of of saying he wanted to pack the court. Now, do I believe he believes that? No. Do I believe he's going into 2024? Yes. And he then can't Trump say said, the court. Trump said, this is a great day for America. Yeah, that's a little bit of hyperbole. I don't say great day. It's a short <laughs> of day for, for, for equal protection. Yeah. But yeah, it's... It really wasn't... It, it would... I don't think there are any white students that, that were in on this lawsuit. It was Asian students that are they're being denied these these Ivy League uh, uh, slots because they have because they had a policy to take a certain percentage. Didn't matter if these kids were qualified. Didn't matter if you know if if they came if they if they couldn't read if, if they had to. Go, I think even Harvard has a junior college that's associated with it to, to go do remedial classes things like that. It doesn't mean these kids are dumb. It means they're not prepared to operate at the level of an Ivy League university. And when you when you start do, when you start destroying the standards of the Ivy League, what the hell does the Ivy League mean? Well, I really want to touch on what the NAACP like national organization said on the decision because I don't know. Just because the Supreme Court has bowed to the personally held beliefs of an extremist minority. Um, Is he talking? Does he know that the minority is the Asian Americans that brought the case? I think the minority he was talking about were, as they say, MAGA Republicans. Well, of course, but that's not who brought the case. Also, John Roberts is hardly MAGA. Yeah. 
I mean, not not by a not by a long shot. Now, if this broke if this broke five four and Roberts was on was on the dissenting, I'd say okay, that's a little little more uh, of ideological right. But John Roberts is not a right winger. He's not a constitutionalist either. No, he's not at all. There are many decisions that he's come down on the wrong side of that that I disagreed with. And quite a few documented right here on this show. But when if, if, if Roberts is siding with the conservative side, you could probably be sure that there, there was a constitutional reason for it. And, and, and of course, these under, under Title VII, they were, they were given standing because they, they were actually harmed. It's just ridiculous. So we have a unanimous decision. That's going to, uh, they're saying strengthen religious liberty uh, in the workplace. This was a postal worker who went to work for the post office, evangelical Christian, did not, uh, obviously when he went to work for the, for the post office many years ago, th- there was no Sunday service. When post office got a, got a contract with Amazon, uh, he moved to a different post office, a different station that did not have Sunday service. Just to stay, just stay out of the fray, and then that that uh, post office started offering the Sunday service. He was told he had to work. He said that that's the Sabbath, and I keep it holy. And today, or- so this was actually Title yeah. Seven. Uh, it was uh, t- well, uh, it was complete again. Another another smackdown is yes, you have to give re- a reasonable religious accommodation. The case they were trying to use was a case from an airline from, from some years back. And it was someone who you go to work for a 24-hour-a-day, 365-day-a-year company. And that person went in, eyes open, and then tried to say, well, I won't work on this day, this day, and this day. And, and the court smacked it down. But religious accommodation, he, he, he was already working there. He purposely took a job with someplace that wasn't open on the weekends. And then further try to accommodate himself to still do his job without... Yeah. Yeah. Without violating his religious principles. Yeah, it was TWA versus uh, Hardison. That was, again, a 50-year-old standard that they were trying, that they were trying to use. So, this, so that's 100 years of standards that, that have been, I won't say overturned, but at least this one's been clarified. You know what I really loved? What's that? Was that... There was a quote, it's been in several articles because the guy's been doing punditry on it, but there, there's a quote from um, a guy at Harvard Law School, like not a student, a, 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 an employee who said this decision gives my religious minorities a fair shot in court. <laughs> like, so, so, I mean, this is, it's the same concept, right? Like. I don't know the inconsistency coming out of these institutions and their influence. Like this was a this is a win. This is a huge win. It's going to give the individual a fair shot in court. A fair shot. You know, but, I I think that this became such a big thing because he's evangelical Christian and there's a disdain for evangelical Christians. Absolutely. Had had he been Muslim, had he been had he been even been Jewish, say look. I, I'll, I'll do Sunday delivery, but I won't do Saturday. Nothing would have been said about it. Okay. It hardly would have garnered any media attention. Right. I mean, even so much that the uh, MSP, Minneapolis uh, Airport, uh, at one point put in foot baths to accommodate all the cab drivers and stuff and employees they had at the, at the, at the airport that were Muslim to g- give them accommodation and make sure that accommodation to, to go and pray uh, whatever, whatever they had to go pray, had, had a private place for them to do that and gave them, made sure they had all the accommodation. And look, there's a business reason for that too. If you have a high Muslim population, one, you don't want to piss off the rest of them. Secondly, who are you going to hire? If you have a high population of, of one particular group and you say, well, we're not going to accommodate you religiously, they just won't come work for you. True. But, you know, you have to wonder how many people got, got, nailed down or ground, ground under the boot or just retired or quit 
and walked away from walked away from a pension because it was easier to do that than try to fight the post office. Yeah. Yeah. When, when people stand up like that, it's you have you have to admire the guts it takes to to stand up to stand up, and it's not just for his rights, but everybody else's. There's been a lot of commentary. I mean, obviously, it's still to be determined, but because it's not as, um, I guess, sexy to discuss it right now because it's just not the hype. But there's a lot of d- discussion about how this particular ruling is going to help people who have challenged vaccine mandates based on religious exemptions. Yeah, and that's an interesting uh, case study too. Now, look, I will say on the on the first go to story, uh, the uh, admissions does not apply to military academies. Mm-hmm. They have a totally s- a different selection process because you have to be appointed by a member of Congress and all that stuff. Just like just and the reason I say that is the vaccine mandates and stuff. It is totally different for for the military versus versus being in the being in the private sector or even the public sector for that matter. If you're if you're working for DHS or uh, the FBI or, or TSA or anybody, any other alphabet agency. And you said, no, I'm not getting, I'm not getting a shot. And they, and they, and they showed you the door. I guess that'll have to, that'll have to wait till, uh, next June. Watching the Supreme court's like watching a, a car accident again in slow motion. Cause the arguments go on forever. Then they just close the doors and it, their, their system is so archaic with actually writing out, opinions and passing them back and forth with clerks and uh and and i know this is this is all our 24-hour news cycle like now now you've heard it make a decision what is it don't you think they used to be a lot more predictable too i think so like even on the individual justice level like you used to kind of know where things were going to fall because of who was sitting on the court well, I think that there are some cases that are brought because of how the court's made up. And there are some cases that you, you may keep sure. in your back pocket, to hoping that the court will change, make up a little bit, because you don't want to set, again, precedent. You don't want to get smacked down by, by the court and then them say, we don't have to take that up for another 50 years because that was settled. That was settled, settled a couple decades ago. So there's a lot of things that, that get are being brought up now because we have a a court that tends to lean more conservatively or more constitutionally. So another 6-3 decision. Uh, turns out Biden does not have the authority to unilaterally forgive loans. Like, we what? didn't say that. I know. Shocked. Wow. I, I mean, mind-blowing. It's almost like the Constitution was written in such a way that says the purse strings belong to the House of Representatives. So Biden has already addressed this, saying it closed one path, but now we're going to look into another. Um, and that and is... And that's, go ahead. That's, 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 what the, that's what Harvard said. Well, we'll work around that. The, the Supreme Court just said not to. And like, ah... Well, Roberts left left us a workaround with the you can discuss your race and your and how race has been struggling in your in your essay. But yes, he's already trying to figure out a way around it. Look, this is buying votes. Uh, he's going to dangle this carrot in front in front of in, in front of young people and and social liberals and the uh, wine gardens of the, of the of the world. Dangle this carrot. And then if he gets elected, he'll go, ah, well, Supreme Court says I can't do it and ride out the next four years. Or if he loses, it won't matter anyway. Yeah, I I, I think, well, I don't agree with the forgiveness on either, in either direction, like no matter how they get to that. But um, I think it's interesting that they're, he's saying like now they're going to go under the Higher Education Act of 1965 because the Secretary of Education there can waive, release, whatever, equity or any right to redemp- of redemption um, and that this new approach might work because it's legally sound. Well, it 
again, I don't agree with it, but that sounds more legally sound than what they initially tried to do. So why didn't you start there? Because he he wanted the press conference of saying I'm doing I'm signing this and we're gonna we're we're going to give student loan forgiveness outright. Yeah, there's a patchwork thing he's trying to do with you're supposed to make payments, but you don't have to. If you don't, it's not going to affect your credit. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of things that that he said. Now I haven't seen him actually put out an executive order on that yet, but you know, private institutions make these loans and they're backed by the government. So, you know, a lot of times when you when you make a, a guaranteed loan, you go through a lender mm-hmm. and it's guaranteed by the government. It's not directly from the government. Now, of course, there are grants and, and things like that. But, you know, him talking about people having $100,000 in school debt and making fifty or 60000 a year. Um, whose fault is that? Maybe you should well- have majored in transgender literary studies of the 14th century. I think it's funny that the day before this ruling came out, I got a notice from like a press release from Georgia Southern. And they said that they're launching their new school, which is the um, department of like sustainable or excuse me, the department of earth affairs, earth affairs. Yep. Well, we're only going to have Earth affairs because no alien species would ever associate with us because we are literally the trailer park of the universe. You you know aliens drive by this place going, oh, don't 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 make eye contact, don't make eye contact. Jeez. Well, today, yeah, I just <laughs> you just I, can't. I, yeah, I, I mean, I could talk about all the things Biden has said, like how the program has helped 600,000 people in America. Well, the program never took effect because you didn't actually forgive the loans. They've just been on yeah. pause, which is what Trump started. And then the Democrats have, I mean, the whole the whole thing is just so asinine. I can't. That's 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 another very, very salient point is how do you get in debate with with Trump or with, with Biden and, and go COVID payments. You started them. The debt relief, you started it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, small, the small business, uh, PPP loans, you started it. So how are you going to hang any of that on him? How, how are you going to hang inflation on him when Trump started it? I guess that, just- that is a question for another day. Well, it probably is, but and I mean, it's not like we're not going to hear about this for the next ten days. Happy Happy Independence Day! <laughs> yeah, yeah, ten day, ten days, my ass. We're going to be hearing about this for the next fourteen months. Yeah, that's true. God, I hate this. But it it's was the, the right decision. It's the it's the oh yeah, absolutely, it's the right decision. It's the never ending election cycle that just bugs me to no end. Is we never come out of an election cycle now. You know, you used to get two, three years off from, from a presidential. As as it is now, as soon as the new president's sworn in, they want to go, okay, who's going to run against him? Yeah, we've been talking, I mean, we've been talking about whether or not Donald Trump's going to run again since January 6th, 2021. Right. Bingo. And we've been talking about indictments against him since January 6th. Sure. It's it's a it's a never it's a never ending doo doo show. Absolutely. So Jesse, what do you have for your closing thoughts on your rare appearance on the show? Just thanks for having me. The dogs are well. Stanley has a new book. Does he? Yes, he does. He has he has a new book. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it. What's the name of it again? Old Sins Cast Long Shadows, which is basically a child-friendly way of saying karma's a bitch. <laughs> Here you go, little bastard. Karma's a bitch. Yeah. Can to leave that some coal in a kid's stocking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is funny. I got nothing but th- thank you very much for, for helping out. Uh, 
Ken should be back next week if if uh, if he decides to actually leave Scotland. He's he's on vacation this week. Poor guy. Lucky. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But he flew coach all the way there, like some sort of animal. <laughs> Happy Dave Independence Roberts Day. would never. I've done it. I wouldn't say I would never. I've done it. But I would, if it were me and I had two kids, I'd have left them back at coach and rode up front with my wife. <laughs> That's funny. His kids are 18 and 16. They can fend for themselves. It's not like they're, they need the free drinks. So happy Independence Day. Thank you again, Jessica. Thank you very much to Eric Cumby, our editor that takes awful audio and probably has some audio of my cat bellowing uh, in there. Then maybe we'll try to get rid of But we'll talk to everybody next week. Catch me howling at the moon